Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you once again today. As you know, I am always, always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests. And i got to tell you, today's show is absolutely no different. I want to introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that, and I'm excited to pick her brain for your benefit, and quite honestly, for my benefit as well. So, now, for the folks I work with in any of my coaching programs, my mastermind group, or through Powerful Words Character Development, your all-star cheer sites, or the Jason's Army Mastermind, you know how much I focus on the importance of effective leadership, right? Well, this show is going to help us to do just that. So, today, it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. She's got a ton of valuable info about what I consider to be a super hot and super important topic to help you succeed, all right? Also, she's got a great way of uh, delivering it. So strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. As you know, we only get one ride on this merry-go-round. We want to make sure it's one hell of a ride. Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your significant other, anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So, before we officially get going, let me give you a little bit of background about our special guest today. Gina Catalano is the founder of Venture Solutions, a consulting and coaching company focused on the success of small companies and their leaders. With over 20 years of experience leading and working with businesses, she's authored the book, the Amazon Kindle bestseller, Tandem Leadership, how your number one can make, I'm sorry, Tandem Leadership, how your number two can make you number one. In this book, she outlines an innovative strategy for entrepreneurs to work with the number two or second-in-command leader in their company to achieve the success in all areas of their lives. Previously, she's worked as a vice president in several entrepreneurial companies, including a leading dance costume company. She's been fortunate to work with some of the most dedicated professionals and amazing clients who taught her pursuing excellence, living your passion, and enjoying your life are not mutually exclusive. Gina, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you today. Jason, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you and all of your listeners. Oh, thank you. This is going to be fabulous. So listen, before we get started, for those who haven't had the opportunity and pleasure of meeting you or hearing you speak or reading your book, take a second, share your story with my listeners. Would you? What are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Gina Catalano? I am passionate about uh, my client's success. Uh, I think that when I work with people, I just talked to someone yesterday and we started talking about their company and all the things that they're doing. And then, you know, it was supposed to be a 30 minute call. And the next thing you know, it's an hour and a half. And we were both somewhat embarrassed, but I think other people's success and their passion about their businesses really gets me excited. So my goal is to help people figure out what that is and how to get to where they want to get to, because we all have different paths and we all have different mountains to climb. And my role is to really help people figure out how to do that in the best way and not necessarily the less painful way, 
but the way that's going to make them the most successful. Sounds fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous. So, all right, let's let's dig in because I've got a ton that I want to ask you. And uh, again, some of this is is selfish in that, you know, I'm always trying to grow my own enterprises. Um, and the nice part about the podcast is that those kind of listening in as a fly on the wall get to benefit as well. So, you know, solo entrepreneurs sometimes struggle with adding people to their team. I know that I certainly have. Um, why do you feel that they need a number two? And when is the best time to add that? That person. That's a great question. I think that um, what I found is a lot of times you start your business and it's one thing leads to the next thing leads to the next thing and the next thing you know it's six months, a year, five years later. And the question I always ask when people come to me is, are you running your business or is your business running you? Because I think sometimes in the beginning, we say, well, we just need to do one more thing. We need to do one more thing. And that one more thing ends up being 10 more things. And we start missing out on opportunities. And when you don't have opportunities, and I'm just going to assume with your listener base that a lot of them are responsible for everything, almost everything in their businesses. And the creative part or the strategic part of their business is really their number one responsibility. How they're servicing um, the students and their parents coming into their um, establishments, that's their number one, you know, goal. But all these other things show up. You know, there's a leak in the roof and you've got, you know, you've got your brand new floor that just, you know, your brand new uh, spring floor that just got put in or, you find out that one of your teachers is just leaving all of a sudden. One of your instructors is leaving all of a sudden. All that stuff bounces back to you. And But what if you can't go out and promote your, your studio or your gym or you can't take care of things like the financial things and working with your accountant? Those are the things that really will make a difference and, and make or break you. So all of a sudden what I tell people is to start – noticing if those things are taking up more time in their day than they think they should. Hmm. Hmm. That's, uh, the, the, the timing of this, uh, podcast is so serendipitous. Um, <laughs> cause, uh, that, that certainly I would say about two months ago was, was me to a, to a hilt. So fabulous. All right. Well, let's let's talk about like what somebody looks for. So, what should an owner look for when they're adding that number two to their team? Because obviously, we all want, or some people I would assume want that carbon copy of themselves. But I know for me that would like that duplicity would be a challenge. What I found uh, some of the easiest mistakes, um, to your point, is we look for people who are either just like us or opposite of us, um, and both can be recipes for disaster. We, um, if somebody's just like you, they're going to like to do the same things you like to do and not like to do the same things you don't like to do. <laughs> that would probably mean there's things that aren't getting done, right? Um, and then the, if they're opposite of you, there may be some value issues going on. And so what I like to say is what you really want is a compliment, you want somebody that fits like your missing puzzle piece, I always say. So, for example, so what, when you're starting to think about hiring a number two or finding a number two or even using it at a part-time resource, which I always suggest, 
um, especially for smaller companies, is the things you ask yourself every day. You do your own audit and you ask yourself, is this what I'm good at or I like to do? Um, is this something that somebody else could do better than me? And is there someone within my company or my business that could already do this that I'm not looking at? If you do that for even a week and start really taking, noticing, noticing what you do every day, because, you know, our brains, you know, I'm sure you're aware, our brains are, are wired to do the simplest thing over and over and over again. So we try to be as efficient as possible. So we stop noticing the things that we do every day that may take up an hour, 50 minutes, 20 minutes. You add all those up over a course of a day, you just lost four hours of productive time that you should really be running your business and not having, you know, I, I, I just think I had this client one time, this is a manufacturing client and he, he loved, he was a, he, he was the president of the company. It was a decent sized company. I'm saying over $10 million. His favorite thing was to fix things around his company, like <laughs> fix the overhead door out in the plant and fix the machines. He wasn't bringing in new business. He wasn't meeting with clients and customers. And his wife was so frustrated because, you know, he, that's really what he liked to do. That's why he bought the business. He liked to putter around and fix things. And so we had to really maneuver around and change out how their leadership structure was because that really wasn't a good use of his time. Now we find out later that the other thing he liked to do was to fix machines and make new machines, which is what their business was. So he had a very viable role eventually in the company, but we had to bring in a president that was more traditionally focused. And so it's kind of an odd thing. He was, he, we moved him to CEO. We brought in a president to run the company. And so it's kind of funny. You think of a president as a number two, but, <laughs> but that's, but I mean, that's an extreme example. Most likely what happens is that we just start doing more and more tasks and feel like we can't find anybody to do those tasks for us. Yeah. That, uh, I, that is heard. Okay, so um, as far as, I know you've touched on some of this, but I want to I want to delve a little deeper. You know, like what do you feel would be some of the ideal characteristics um, of a good number two or second in command? And and obviously, just from my perspective, you know, I've always been a fan of hiring for character and training for skill, mm-hmm. um, especially in the in the markets that we play in. Um, everybody wants somebody to come in and already a hundred percent trained and hit the ground running and not have to do anything, which is, you know, silly. So what from, um, from your experience, what do you find are the most important characteristics of that person? I think, um, I think you hit on a really good point and I want to circle back to that, um, in terms of training, you know, hiring for character and then training for, you know, training for the talents that you need them for. Um, a compliment of the CEO, I talked about that a minute ago. Um, typically, this isn't true for everybody, but for, for most of the entrepreneurs I meet, they are very externally focused. They're into sales generation um, or they're into the creative side or the, the intellectual property, I call it. The thing that, the secret sauce that makes the company run. And I would think that that's really true with a lot of your listeners. So a compliment to that person typically is someone who's internally focused and quite frankly is probably better than you at some of the things that you've been doing and you need to be okay with that. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, probably better at handling people um, and maybe not as interested in getting credit and more interested in getting things done. 
That's for an outwardly focused um, owner leader. That's probably the best. Those are the top four characteristics that I tell people that they need to look for. That actually makes a whole lot of sense. Um, it really, really does. You know, the the comment you made before that's really resonating with me is finding somebody exactly like you. You're both going to not want to do these 12 tasks. So they just don't get done. And now you have two bodies not doing those tasks. And maybe, and maybe two people disagreeing on how they need to get done, which the last thing you need is more conflict, right? Correct. We want to make our lives easier as opposed yes. to uh, more challenging. So, you know, from a challenge perspective, um, I want to give my folks a heads up. You know, what are the challenges when you add that number two for the first time? There's a lot and <laughs> there's a lot I have, but I have some ways that they can, I have some ways that people can work on that. Um, I think one of the, they, we call it letting go. And I think there's, you know, I, I always hear people say, well, you need to just let go. Well, it's not as easy to let go as you can, but you, you do need to take a look at, um, Figure out what you really feel comfortable not wanting to do. Pick the tasks that you really don't want to do anymore and and use those tasks to get started because you're probably less likely to want to bring them back because um, you don't want them, you know. And start with those and, and, and be aware. Because remember, I think I said people either might, they, they micromanage or they... Um, they let go too much. So somebody shows up, they're their number two, and they say, they just drop everything in their lap, say, okay, figure it out. You know, that's not going to work. Or they are over their shoulder, and it's that typical backseat driver. Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do that? There's a middle ground, and it's called training. And so that's probably the number one thing. I think um, a harder thing for people to do is not really realizing what their new responsibilities are once they delegate. All of a sudden, there's a gap or a void. And what I always say before you hire is think about all the things you that you get to do now that you have more time in your day. And it may be not necessarily even work things. It may be making sure that you can... Um, get in that workout in the morning or you meet your spouse for lunch or you can leave the studio, for example, or the gym and um, go see your son's baseball game. Um, things that you couldn't do because you were the only person at your facility. So that's, an, that's another thing that giving you, giving you a carrot to be excited about something that's going to happen because one of the things that I find that happens a lot is that when you start your own business, we tend to get really excited about being the hero of everything because there's a badge of honor about being able to do a gazillion tasks and you think better than everybody else. And when somebody else comes in and they, if you do a good job hiring your number two, whatever you're really hiring them for, they should be better at you on a few things. They should be, if you're hiring a new admin, they should be a better administrative person than you are and sometimes and they might even have better ways to do things let's let's actually i want to talk about that just for a quick second because the ego um yes. of many in the small business world and, and and large business world you know i came from a very large uh financial securities firm so, so i saw it there as well um i know that anytime i've hired somebody there's that initial pang of fear of, well, what if they're better than me? Mm -hmm. um, 
And only recently, you know, with my most recent um, assistant hire, where I'm like, okay, your job within the next X amount of days, weeks, months is to far surpass me at this task. Uh, because this is all you're doing. You're, you're not doing all the other business building stuff. You're just doing this set of 22 tasks. So you should just kick ass at these way better than me. Brilliant. How do you get, so that was fine, but it's, it's taken me 45 years to get there. Um, let, let's shortcut it a little. Is there anything that you would tell somebody um, to quell that ego uh, for the first timer? That's a good, that's an awesome question. Usually it takes me, to be honest, it takes me doing some reinforcement in coaching people how to do that and showing them what they're missing out on by their ego getting in the way. Because we all have beliefs that we're better. I mean, you don't start a business if you think you're terrible. Because <laughs> um, you, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. No, it's not. You know, you have a passion. So you've got your passion and you've got your, your desire to be excellent. And that motivates you so much. Um, I would say is you have to look at it as a trade-off and a good trade-off in a good way. And the thing that I would say most of all is that your ego isn't going to pay the bills. Mm. Um, you know, your ego may prop you up when you're been knocked to the ground, but it's not going to pay the bills. Only a good functioning organization at the end of the day. And I also tell people that um, if you really, if your business has value, even if you never plan to sell it, you need to look at it as if you were going to plan to sell it. Because if you do all the things that, if you put all the things in place that would allow you to have, make your business have value and be able to sell it, it will be ultimately a much better investment for you and your family. And for most of us, we're leave, we want to leave some sort of legacy, you know, for our family, for us, for our future. So it's a little bit more future thinking and it just takes practice, frankly. And I would think your listeners out of anybody understand practice more than any other kind of business group that I ever speak to. Yeah, they really do. They really, really do. Um, you know, does that help? I mean, did that? It did is. That... It, it really is. And I mean, you know, the tangential question I had, um, which I feel like you've answered a good chunk of, is, you know, like, you know, the recommendations on talking to somebody who finds it difficult to let go and delegate, you know, again, all the, all the same rules seem to apply here. So, you know, as far as being willing not to be that superhero or go-to person for those particular things. Um, you know, I like what you just said, you know, it, it takes a little bit of coaching. It takes a little bit of reinforcement and reminding ourselves that really it's okay. If I'm not the one who asks, who answers the question about whether or not those shoes fit. Exactly. It's really okay. And I think, um, one of the other aspects that I really, you know, again, my, my notes here are actually getting pretty thick too. Um, what I love, I love when you said that, you know, reminding somebody and showing them what they could be doing um, by delegating some of these tasks. Um, and it doesn't always have to be the, yeah, you can get more work done. I mean, because that's not always the attractive thing. 
you know, I want to be able to see my daughter's softball game, or I want to see my son's hockey game, or, well, I can't do that if I'm stuck to a phone, or I'm stuck here, or my attention is, is, is elsewhere. So that actually does, that benefit is not just a work benefit, it really is a life benefit, huh? Exactly. So when you started your business, was it because you wanted to work more and see less of your family? No, no, that was never the case. You know, it's, again, coming from business school, I always, I had a different outset. It was, you know, I want to create an entity that I can build to sell. Um, and then I've done that in the past and the current business, you know, I love, I love it. This, I have no interest in selling it, though it is set up in a manner and run in a way that it could be sold. Um, everything is systematized. Everything is transferable. It's not 100% person dependent. So, but it gives you the lifestyle that you, I mean, it's with your family and and, and your, the things that you want to do. And I think that's what most people want when they start their own business is they want to be able to have control and have their lifestyle. And I think having everybody can't afford to have a full-time person right away, but there's tons of ways to make your life easier using sort of a second in command or a number two thinking to make your life better. Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely agree. And actually, you know, that, that actually just set off a a thought in my head from the part-time perspective. I've always started people as part-timers to see what their work ethic is, to see what the chemistry was. Uh, Is that what you suggest as well? Absolutely. And I think even do it to yourself even is, uh, you know, with people that when they're early in the process, I said, treat yourself, the things that you know that you want to give up, treat yourself as if you're hiring yourself for that particular task. And so if say, for example, you have to watch the front desk or something like that. Really think about it and think about what it's going to take to be that person that's there and what you want and what are the things that are most important to you to have that person do. So it's almost like treating yourself like the second in command. So then you can slowly, um, when the person comes on board, you've got tasks lists for them. You've got your tasks that you want them to do. And you've thought out about what you want, how you want them to be successful in that position. Because I think for me, what I've noticed, no matter, there's very few employees that I've ever had that say, I'm going to come in here and screw up my job every day. Most people want to come in and do a good job. And we as leaders don't always give them the opportunity to do that. And so knowing what you want out of that job will help your you do a good job with whomever you bring on. And it should ultimately make your life easier, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, uh... The thought that anybody would ever thought that anybody would ever come in and intentionally goof up, uh, I find that most staff has the issue because the manager or owner or director or whoever their higher up was didn't take the time to hand them a system to execute. It was mm-hmm. management by abdication, and here I don't know how to do this, so perhaps you will. Right. Right. Uh, which, again, blind leading the blind. So, not cool. So, tell me this. How um, how would you define a successful leadership team? You know, we're, we're talking about the, the number two, but obviously it starts from above. So, how do you define a successful leadership team? Well, I have to say, and, you know, this is um, probably no surprise to you, I really like the model of the tandem leadership. And for your listeners who haven't read the book yet, it's... Basically, think of 
two wheels. You could have two wheels and you could have two unicycles. And in your listeners, um, they're used to trying to coordinate multiple people a lot of times. You know, if you're talking a cheer gym or a dance studio, um, they're or gymnastics, they're a lot of times getting people to be coordinated in their routines and everything. So they can appreciate having lots of single people trying to make one cohesive unit. The tandem leadership model is the idea that you could have two two people on unicycles trying to be in tandem, and it's really difficult. I don't know if you've ever tried to ride a unicycle. It's not easy, and you can't get very far. (laughs) If you take those same two wheels and you put a connecting platform between them, you have a bicycle. And so the front wheel, which I often associate with the CEO or the owner or the leader, is the focus and the direction. The back wheel is the number two, the internally focused, the operations person, the stability. The platform is the organization that they run together. If they're working in tandem together, they should be able to just fly. Think of, again, two unicycles racing a bicycle with two wheels. Who's going to get there faster and who's going to have a better drive, a better ride? It's going to be the bicycle. And you can add more things to the bicycle. You can add baskets. You can you can have all kinds of bells and whistles. And all it's going to do is keep the organization flying. I like using metaphors, which is why I created it. So when you look at that, um, that's what I think really makes a good leadership team, two people working together. Because when if you've ever had that, which I have, I've been a part of it on both sides, both as a number one and a number two, it is one of the most amazing feelings to be working together, everything is flying. It's like, I can't believe we're moving so fast. And, and, so, and you can slow down together too. And that's another thing. You hit a bump, you still have that other person to support you. I could go on, so I'm <laughs> interrupting. No, I these, these are, this is, this is fabulous actually as is. Um, I love this. You know what? It is time for our resource of the week. So tell me this. Um, how can my listeners find out more about you and how you help entrepreneurs to succeed? Um, my book, uh, they can find, they can go to tandemleadershipbook.com and if they can find out more about the book and I'm actually giving it away to all your listeners. So all they need to do is go to tandemleadershipbook.com and hit the contact button and send me an email and I will make sure they get my book. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. I love this. All right. So it's T-A-N-D-E-M-L-E-A-D-E-R-S-H-I-P-B-O-O-K.com. Correct. All right. Tandemleadershipbook.com. Folks, get out there and grab that book. Um, Immediately read it, absorb it, um, and make yourself better. So, all right. I always have one um, closing question. So if you can give business owners just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or more importantly, to help them live a better, more balanced life, what would that piece of advice be? That's a great question. I think what I work, when I work with my clients is I ask them questions around what, what would be your like, what would be, what, what do you want your life to be? And that in all three, personally, professionally, with your family. And then I say, let's start practicing. Practicing as if, as if those things are already starting to happen in your life. 
And the reason I do that is that we have, again, because of the way our brains are wired, it's really tough to get out of um, the current way of doing things. But if we could start imagining in our brains, having that number two, so that's what I said, for example, start thinking, if I had another person here, what would I want them to do? And think about that every day. If I could have an extra half an hour to myself every day, what would I want to do? If my business could be where I want to get it to, I want to add 20% more enrollment, what would I need to do? So I call that just the as if thinking, as if I'm already there. And by that subtle change within six months, some people see it sooner, but often between six months and a year, all of a sudden your business is different. And I, there's a quote that says, all of a sudden one day, all, all of a sudden one day, everything is different. <laughs> and I use that all the time. And I think that's the, and I think it applies to anybody, no matter where they're going. Absolutely. I love that. That is fabulous. Gina, thank you so much for joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is and it means the world to me that you share some of your time and a whole bunch of your wisdom with us. These are great tips. Thank you so much. Jason, thanks so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Uh, folks, that's all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more info about private coaching or to see if you benefit from one of my mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it, and achieve the success you truly deserve. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. Go get them, folks. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.